Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Thanks for joining me. Last week, I got to speak to a Geordie legend who's had a fantastic career. And this week, I get to speak to a Geordie at the beginning of his. His name's Kieran Bo. He's an emerging artist from right here in the northeast of England. And his first release is this song, Hinny. So proud he came on the show to share with us his journey, what inspires him. So let's find out the whole story. Kieran, welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle. How are you doing? Not bad, mate. Thanks for having us. Oh, no, thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to, to learning about your journey. Kieran, do you just want to tell listeners exactly what it is, you know, certainly at the moment, what you're best known for at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter from Gateshead. Um, I've learned to say Gateshead now. I used to say Newcastle. And I used to have a few <laughs> comments from people from Gateshead. I'd be like, oh, you're not from Newcastle. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, recently released a new single named Hinny, which doesn't need any introduction to any northerners. No, no, um, no. and it's doing quite well. I mm-hmm. it looks like it's doing really well at the moment. I know, obviously, we've got John Peacock who's in on this conversation. Well, he's he's on mute, um, which is which is great, but um, I know that he's posting constantly and updating everybody about the song. And what a great song, by the way. I've you know, I've, I've just been listening to it there before, and I've had on. Over the last couple of days, I had my little girls listen to it, my wife listened to it. Oh, and what, a, what a catchy song, you know, they're just dead chilled out, dead relaxing, lovely lyric, really good. You can tell all about that. Later. If we go back to the very beginning, then, Kieran, where you've said you grew up in Gateshead, is that, is that mm-hmm. where you grew up as well? Yeah, yeah, I was grew up in Gateshead and Perfect. moved when I was older. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I've always, always been in Gateshead. So, what were you doing as a kid then? What um, were you doing? As a kid, spending all my weekends on the football field, getting my tracksuit buttons dirty every weekend, just having a kick about all the time. So um, when, did, when did music enter your life then? Um, I always get told about this. Well, there's two separate stories. So I think once I was in the little bouncer things you attached to the um, to the door when you're yeah, yeah. trying to get you to walk. Um, Billy Elliot was on the telly and apparently I Love the Boogie came on. I was jumping up and down in my bounce. I just couldn't get enough of it. And I always get told the story. I was four year old and I got taken. Um, but we were all chopping anyway. And the auntie was like, Oh, here's a five. I'll go get yourself something. And I came back with T Rex Greatest Hits. It's like CD, just <laughs> four year old, apparently. And Brilliant. I, and did you buy uh, it? So I, oh, I, my dad went, it, went to the counter and, and bought it. Um, I love that. I, I feel like so that's when music probably started. And then I, I took on it myself um, and started. You know, like I don't know, performing, etc. When I was probably 15, 16. Okay, I mean I that's quite a big thing to do when you're sort of 15, 16. And I imagine you obviously got to a stage in life where you're quite comfortable to be able to go, I'm now gonna transition into this music scene because you know, I know when I was a lad at school, if I'd as well, not that I was I could sing, but if I'd have been a 15, 16 year old at school who who couldn't sing, or maybe people didn't know I could sing, that yeah. would have been quite a big thing to say. I'm gonna, yeah. You know, I'm gonna start singing. I'm gonna start. Yeah. Were you playing instruments or anything as well? Kieran, at the time, um, I had a guitar, 
Um, right. Couldn't play it really well. Right. Um, and I started on keyboard actually. Right. And I, I'm a bit lazy and last days ago, so I couldn't be bothered to read music. Right. So I was okay. Tried. Well, I was playing by ear really. Okay. And then I transferred the keyboard skills to the guitar, however that works. Um, right. And 15, 16 was when I got told I had a voice. Didn't okay. really know. Okay. Um, I tried. It's embarrassing, but I tried for like so Britain's Got Talent, the next factor, and all that, and found okay. out that it's a bit, it's not, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, not as old as it's set out to be. Um, no, I can imagine. Yeah, and went from there, really. I mean, you're saying there you got told you had a voice. I, I mean, were you just at school trying to get out of classes and joining the school choir and stuff? Um, no, not even the school choir, anything like that. I was, it was later on in the school years, I would have been in like, yeah, 10 year 11, right. Um, so who's telling um, me you've got a voice in? Because I know, you know, I remember being at school thinking, ah, I can join in with a choir, I can join a school school yeah. production here and I can get out of loads of classes. But no uh, one ever said I had a voice. So for you to be told you've got a voice, who's, who's noticed this? What were you doing for that to be noticed? Um, I think at that age, like technology started coming at the forefront where yeah, yeah. obviously Facebook was a thing, and but it was adding more things as it went on. So you could add videos, et cetera. And um, I just put a singing video on Facebook for the for the crack. I right. Don't know why? I would never tell me mates I was a singer. And yeah, yeah. I put the video on, and everyone's like, "Eh, wait, you've never said us oh, so you sing." Um, and it got some good like reaction. And yeah, it was like really from then people were oh, like, right. "Actually, you can sing." Yeah. So yeah. how how do you progress? That? I mean, you've already talked about like you, you thought about, you you applied for things like Britain's Got Talent and stuff like. That. Mm-hmm. How did you progress them? Was it the case of actually people in social media have enjoyed it? I'm going to put some more videos out and some more recordings out for, for social media, or was there an, another route you decided to, to pursue? Um, it was when I started university, actually. Um, there was it was like a new world to me, I didn't really know anyone. Um, and I just got talking, and you got put in like your, your birth months, so you would like sat beside someone that was the same birth month right. as you. Um, and there was this lad who was quite coolly dressed. We were talking, and he says he plays guitar. And I played a little bit, said I could sing. He knew a bass player. Um, we found a drummer, and we just started we started a bit of a, like a, a band kind of thing. Um, I'd never wrote a song before or anything like that, so there was a, yeah, the yeah. odd cover in there and stuff. Um, eventually wrote the first song. and Yeah, we did about a year and a half's worth of gigs and stuff, and it kind of introduced me to the scene. And I got an idea of how the scene worked. Um, and then ended up when that felt a bit, so I ended up in another band for a little bit, right. um, and decided I just wanted to go Han Solo because band logistics and um, you know the arguments and trying to keep the peace. It, it yeah, was just yeah. it was a bit too much. And even names as well, like uh, band names going through the list, never being happy with a band name, and I was just like, I just need to go Han Solo, and <laughs> it went from there. I mean. You know, you're talking about the fact that you just kind of what what did you actually do at university then? Um, I did broadcast media production. So okay, I, so it was still in and around stuff that you could apply to to the music world. Yeah, in a sense. Um I did want to do a master's in music, um, and then apply the sound that I did in my dissertation for yeah, media yeah. with that, but it wouldn't let you do a master's if you hadn't had experience in music. So right. it was kind of me just like, right, I've got my degree. I'm going to take the scene a little bit more seriously. Obviously not full-time because yeah, yeah. it doesn't pay that well when you're starting off. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, went from there, really. I mean, that's a big thing for you to say, well, 
I'm going to set up a band with some of these people I've never met before at university. Mm. And then I'm going to just gig. I mean, how do you even begin to go and get that first gig? You know, for people who are listening out there, you know, those who have listened to your song now are thinking, I want to be like Kieran. How how uh-huh. does that even begin? You know, people who are just starting off in music and going, what do I do? Do I knock on the pub's door? How do I get this to go? You know, what do they have to do? Um, <clears throat> I can't quite remember how it really happened. I mean, actually, no, I do. I was working at my local social club at the time. Right. Um, and they had a concert room and it feels like 200 and we thought, mm, could we do it? Could we not do it? And then manager rest was like, well, you haven't done a gig yet, so why don't you just like test the water, see what it's yeah, like? Yeah. And we filled the room. It was so like 200 people there, like family and friends and whatnot. Yeah, of course. Um, but that was the first gig, and it got like I said, with how many people were there, and then the reaction we got after it was like, oh, Christ. And it's about like being as active as you can on socials um, and yeah. having a good knowing, knowing your audience is a good thing because yeah. if you're just putting out a random people. Um, you're not going to get them coming to your gigs. So you just define your audience, get your sound. Um, even if you're in a band, these things have to go to busking nights and stuff, get talking to people. Yeah, yeah. Networking's key. It's obviously, the saying goes, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Um, if you network, people give you opportunities. And then I would just say, take every opportunity you get when you're first, when yeah. you're first out there. I mean, you talk about the work that you, you you know, you've almost, the singing almost is like a, a tiny part of what you're doing, although it's the main thing. Like you, we talk about there, the network and having to go out and find gigs and, and put yourself out there as well. Social media, market yourself. Those are massive life, life lessons that you maybe wouldn't learn in a, in a regular nine to five job or something that you haven't pursued as a passion. The fact that you've done that. I mean, once you get that one gig, is it almost like okay, we've we filled two hundred now, let's do it again? Do or did you almost think, well, why don't we do it in the social club again because it's comfortable? We know we can kind of do that, and there's a few more extra people listen. How did it kind of progress from going two hundred people at the social club to gigging for a year and a half? Yeah, um, it was a life lesson to be honest. I mean, we had that one we're like Christ, where's it go from here? And yeah. then probably a few weeks later, we're playing for ten people in the bar. Um, yeah. It's it's the way it works, and you'll get those lessons as you you know you're starting yeah. on the scene. Um, I played many gigs where it's like literally just been. We've actually played a gig before where it's just been us and another band and the sound text and the bar stuff. Like yeah, yeah. it happens. Um, and it's those kind of things. Like in life, you've got to go through the the hard the hard stuff to you know really get where you are. And it gives you a sense of I don't know. Like you feel. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. You feel better when you fill rooms out and more grateful to be honest. That's the word I was looking for. Grateful. You feel yeah, grateful yeah. when you do actually fill out the rooms, etc. Um, so yeah. Is that why you think that maybe is the the Britain Got Talent and the talent shows of the world maybe let performers down because they haven't had to go through the hard graft that you have, and they maybe don't appreciate the fact that you know. I've been sang for two people, five bar mm. stuff. Whereas you're literally walking onto a talent show and all of a sudden you've got like maybe a thousand people in front of you in the audience. You've almost, it's almost a given. Yeah. It, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, you've got to do like, there's like loads of pre auditions before yeah, you of course. get to like in front of the judges. And yeah, yeah. It, I just didn't like the way it worked and the way it was set up. It was just, 
Uh, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I totally appreciate that. And, you know, fair play to those guys who get through and fair play to those yeah. who want, have fantastic Definitely. careers. But from, from my point of view, it almost seems, you know, the hard graft that you've had to put in, the life lessons when you mm-hmm. get to where you want to be within that career, it's kind of, well, I've, I've, I've earned this and I, and I really do appreciate it. I'm not going to take this for granted. I'm going to put both hands and really just take the bull by the horns. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, especially with like what has happened recently, like me, me brain and, well, just myself, I'm not used to it. Um, yeah. But those lessons, yeah, like you said, you, you do appreciate things more and when the good things do happen, it just makes it totally worth it. I mean, year and a half, the gig with a with a band is a long time to be part of part of a group, especially. And I imagine you're not just gigging once a week. It'll be a couple, it'll probably be like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe it's even a weekend one and getting pulled in for different things here, there and everywhere. What why why did that band come to an end? Um it was just a yeah, the band logistics really like there was just arguments between individuals. Right. Um and me trying to keep the peace. Um, and I don't know, I was I was starting to be able to write songs a little bit more comfortably. Yeah, yeah. And the songs I was writing, without being pretentious, they were about things I'd experienced and I'd went through, um, which didn't really suit the band formula, if it was a band name, like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, which, like I said, is why I went solo and felt like that was the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. I mean, during this gigging experience, were you just soaking up information from other bands and, and other people who've done this, or were you actually going off and, and getting lessons and education from somewhere else to be able to, you know, how do I put a song together? How do I, how do I do this? How do I maybe go off in, in a solo career? And, you know, what were you doing in that, in that time to, to learn how to write songs yourself? Um, to be honest, I was like, uh, a soldier in a minefield honestly I, I i didn't really have any experience yeah, whatsoever yeah. um i was just going off the experience i had had in terms of gigs and the experience i was getting in terms of the gigs i was doing at the time um yeah i would i don't know really i just loosened the shackles and just went for it myself. Yeah, yeah. can you remember the first song you wrote then? and when you when you put um, it out there by yourself as a singer as a, as a solo artist um, yeah, well, I remember the first song I wrote and I remember the first song I released as a solo artist. Two totally different songs. I mean, yeah, yeah. first song I ever wrote, I would never release. It's too personal. Yeah, yeah. Um, first song I released as a solo artist. Um, yeah, I do remember it was just, it's, a, it's still on Spotify now. It's the acoustic guitar track. Because um, at the time, obviously I said I didn't have a band. I've got a band playing behind me now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but I didn't have a band at the time when I went obviously solo. Hence the solo. Um, but yeah, it was just the acoustic guitar track. Um remember it quite well. It's been three or four years now. It's mad. How how did you find your style then? I mean, as a when you were in a band, is it similar to the style that you are now? Or was it very different because you were maybe dictated to by the rest of the band members and what direction they wanted to go in? Um going solo was the good thing about it was that it was then just me and yeah. I didn't have, oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about that? And well, I don't like this. I don't like that. It was just me and the guitar. So it, me and the guitar formed a relationship in terms of, right, what is my sound? Like, what am I, what direction am I going to go in? I'd say it was a little bit different from the band. Um, again, which is why I went in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, 
having them all taped myself like kind of gave us an idea of yeah. what myself was going to be going forward. I mean, it sounds like you've kind of went all the hard graphs done, you know, you've, you've learned as you go. And then all of a sudden you, you are where you are now. I mean, mm-hmm. where was the, where was the changing point to be where you are now and releasing Henny? Um, so I'd say, well, I did about three singles of, yeah, it was a three singles, three singles, um, without like having a band behind us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then this, the, Two of them singles were like songs where I'd turn around and I was like, well, they've got drums in, they've got bass in, they've got guitar in, like, we do need members. Um, we got the members in, um, or I got the members in. I had a few off at play for us and got the lineup we've got now. Um, and we've never had like someone, well, I've never had someone like put us in a sense of direction. Okay. Um, it's always just been willy nilly record a song, release it, or do this, yeah, yeah. do that gig. Um, and I suppose with the hint, with Henny in particular, it was where I met John and the gang. Um, okay. After I did an acoustic session for them, um, down in Timeout, uh, at the Arches, um, we had a conversation after, it was a good conversation. And it was like, you know, we want to work with you. And that's where it probably changed, because I think I took it as far as I could yeah, yeah. in terms of what I'd done with it. Um, and particularly with this release, I kind of think it, it kind of shows that you know it has been bumped up a notch yeah. with um, John and the gang. In. I mean, how does it feel to be first of all given the platform? Because obviously, I, I know John and I've seen what he, him and the gang have, have produced and what they've created for for certainly aspiring artists across the northeast. Mm. It's an unbelievable setting as well. It, it looks really personable. It's it looks just really I'm trying to think of the word myself, but it, you know, it's almost just, it's almost like you're just being sung to by yourself because it's so, it's so quaint and it's, it's just accessible to people. I mean, mm. what's it like having that conversation when you've been given an opportunity to sing on this and then all of a sudden you've got guys who, who know the music business, you know, the, the, the well-versed with it. They've had songs themselves, you know, even if you look over the last Christmas, you look over this summer, you know, yeah. and, and the kind of, the money the reason for chat it's amazing what's it like when they all of a sudden go look at kieran we we believe in what you're doing here and, and we want to help take you to that next level um i've never really i've always been told of that moment like in that in terms of it would happen yeah um remember having we had a bar, so I had a drink um i had a pint with sam Fender. he bought us a, a pint once when he was in the same bar as us like right wasn't anyone else in the bar yeah, yeah. and i said look don't plug me music like I'm not going to say it, like put the music on your socials because you had no one do that for you. You've got to get where you've got. But if you've got one tip, like for me as a musician, what would it be? Um, and you went, get management. Yeah, yeah. And I can see why I meant that because <laughs> we had a bit of a, I don't know, an eye opener slash lesson before lockdown. Because um, I literally took his words and ran with them. I was like, right, who wants to be my manager? Right. Um, didn't really work. Um, not to get into that, but obviously then being approached, it, it was surreal because obviously you've always got to be careful. Like people can, you know, say, oh, I know this person, I know that person. Yeah, but yeah, John and the gang was so like, no, we want to work with you because. Yeah, yeah. Um, not like, oh, I can get you, you know, get you this gig, get you that gig. And yeah, yeah. they said it 
it kind of they didn't offer us like the golden front is like it's gonna be a lot of hard work yeah and then we'll get there eventually and that was like yeah that's that's it well why don't we bring john in so if john if you can come into this conversation how are you Hello, hello. I'm all right, man. I'm all but, right. I'm, John, so, I'm sorry about all, I'm sorry about all the noise in the background. My partner Sarah's putting the shop in away. My dad's washing the dog in the um. In the, you know, in the you never, you Steven never have, does. you never have to apologise for what Mister Peacock's doing. He's allowed to do anything he wants. Hey, um, you're us for a couple of days with the, with the dog Andy because they're in the middle of moving house at the moment. I, I've the, had seen that, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It's all right, Mrs. Peacock hasn't kicked anyway. them out. Phew. <laughs> uh, John, can you just tell tell listeners, you know, obviously Keen's talking about the fact that management was kind of the next step in his journey and he'd been given advice by, you know, by Sam Fender, which is unbelievable advice to get from, from somebody. Yeah. What was it about Kieran that you and the guys thought, okay, this is this is someone we want to we want to take under our wing, we want to help nurture his talent and take him to that next level? Well, first and foremost, I mean, me, me and the lads, me, Neil and Richie, had been looking, I mean, we've been in music for 20-odd years, you know, and over the past like, three or four years, I've been looking for an artist that we can, that we really feel that we can trust and help develop. So we had a little bit, a few things going on with some other artists about a year and a half ago, and it didn't quite work out. I mean, mainly it was just kind of, obviously with COVID and stuff yeah, like that, course. you know. And then obviously we opened up the arches, and like this is the perfect opportunity to look for somebody like just in passing, you know. But it had to be yeah. the right person. Look for somebody who comes through the doors at the arches, and we want to see them live for the first time and really get the um, essence of what they're about. Yeah. And Kieran walked through the door, and he was no bother in the booking process. He's obviously a lovely lad, and he just came on. He did his set, and he was just brilliant, you know. And we were just stop and went, "This guy's got a voice." And he's a good lad. So we had a little brief conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then I ran into him at um I went to watch Idols at a boiler shop and I seen Kieran there. I was like, oh Kieran, we're gonna have a chat because we've yeah, been yeah. thinking about it. And then Kieran was like, I'm I'm up for it, I'm up for it, and I really think you can help us. So Kieran came down to have a chat with us, and then we just took it from there, you know. And we've we, we, we I like Kieran said just earlier, yeah, like we can't promise the world. But if we all work together, we can do a really yeah. good job on this. Yeah, and course. that's what that's what I believe we've done so far. It's, yeah. it's been really great so far. No, it, I mean, you just look at Hinny and it, I was, we were talking prior to recording just before we come in there, John, about the fact that every 10 minutes on Facebook, there's an update of Kieran's progress. <laughs> uh, but Kieran, uh, you, yeah, no, you spoke earlier about how important it is to market yourself, use of social media. Surely, you know, you must be sat there now thinking, I've got a team behind me who, you know, they're not just backing me. The support that I'm getting from them is incredible. Mm, definitely. I mean, how, yeah, yeah. I mean, how does that make you feel knowing that you, you know, there are probably people out there who try to exploit the person's talent, but because John and the guys have all been within the business for 20 years, as you said, they've, they've released their own songs. How does that make you feel knowing that actually these guys are working for me? Yeah, it, it's it's mad, to be honest. Um, it, especially that, the you know, that it's doing it at the kindness of the horse as well, like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's great because I mean, the, the post can do so much, but like obviously, when you, you have got those people behind you, like pushing it on, um, and getting out where it needs to be, I mean, that's what makes a difference, and that's yeah. what does take things to the next level. I mean, you come across as a really humble guy when we're talking here, but 
that must kind of give you does it just give you a little bit of an ego boost to think this is class now you know I've you've, you've obviously backed yourself at the end of the day you know you've put in the hard work you've got yourself gigs but now all of a mm-hmm. sudden now you've got a team behind of you as well who's you know patting you on the back and and, and they're not doing it in a way to, to give you that ego they just because they believe in you does that's got to be got to be great for confidence and for moving forward I definitely think it's a confidence boost and I definitely think it gives us like a I don't know. It just gives a lot of positive ego. Never had a big ego. Um, and no, no, you don't come across yeah. that. You're very humble. No, um, I always like stick me roots, and I know where I'm from. Um, yeah, I, in a sense, I'm the easier person to be like. Well, how are you getting all these gigs? And it's like, well, you know, I've got people working for it. Yeah, but yeah. I would never say it's an ego boost. It's just nice to be able to say those things. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's really good. So let's talk about Hinny. Because it's currently number three in the iTunes singer-songwriter charts. It broke the top 60 of the iTunes charts, if that's correct. Yeah, got the 18th at one point. In- that's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm sure it's going to fluctuate, yeah. especially at the moment. But, I mean, to reach number... What were you thinking when you got to number 18? <laughs> I didn't know what to think, to be honest. <laughs> um, I was at the Dart on Monday night... Um, like watching the darts and I was just getting updates on my phones constantly yeah, yeah. watching Michael Van Gogh and throw darts and I'm like oh, I get 18th in the charts and what the hell's going on well, um, I had seen your post about I just don't know what I don't know what to say I don't know what's going on this is amazing <laughs> had, uh, uh, brilliant uh, absolutely brilliant I mean Hinny is obviously a northern word uh, mm-hmm. my, my grandma used to call me Hinny all the time well, <laughs> but get, get some sweets Hinny go in the kitchen for us Hinny uh, um, but let's talk about the song so let's talk about the meaning what inspired it? Mm. Um, well, like I said, I, I, I like obviously I write about experiences I face, and I feel like as I'm getting older now, obviously you get wiser and you see things from a different perspective. Um, and I don't know, me when I was eighteen, and yeah, eighteen just turning eighteen, going nineteen. Um, I went through a little bit um, of. I don't know. Can I say shit? Um, <laughs> it's your journey. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> uh, with me and my mum both experienced and probably only fa- a lot of family members experienced as well. Um, and it's just one night that sticks in my head in particular that um, this song's about. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of worry with how I was at the time and how I was dealing with it. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a reassurance message to say, look, he's alright. It's gonna be fine, but it would have been easy to call it like mother, or yeah, mom, yeah. Anything like that, which is why I called Hedy because one obviously it's northern people can relate to it, but yeah, two, yeah. It, you know, it's it's not just like the one, one particular person. Yeah, yeah, of course, and it's, it's your personal story at the end of the day, and mm. you know, you're talking about things you go through. I think you know that the stigma on mental health, yeah. certainly when you were 18, wasn't it wasn't what it is now. It's it's. And, and rightly so, it should be accepted. People should be able to talk about it. So the fact that you can, you kind of saved that for six, six, seven years before you've wrote about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like, like you said, you're growing up. You see things from a different perspective. But surely, the fact that you've opened up and you're talking about what the meaning is, it's going to help other people out there who are maybe going through some struggles of their own. Just to say, look, it's okay. You know, we can talk about this. You've wrote a song about that at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's you haven't just spoke about. It, you've put out there for the world to have a little insight into your world. Moving forward, though, you know, Hinny's doing really well at the moment. What What are the plans moving forward? And as as Kieran both. Um, 
never really had like a stru- structure as such, but we do now. Um, definitely, we've got like an arsenal of demos that are like recorded and yeah, yeah. got two mixed. Um, and yeah, it's definitely like keep building on the momentum, not yeah, dropping yeah. off, um, not taking my fingers off. All of us pushing in the same direction, um, looking at getting a music video done. Um, yeah, just keeping the ball rolling, really, because yeah. we can't really lose what we've got at the minute. Because it's it's quite good. Yeah, of course. And John, just bring you back in. And what what do you see are the next sort of next steps for for Kieran and his journey as well? Well, I think we're really looking forward to next year. I think we might try and sneak something in before Christmas. Uh, maybe it's a Kieran book Christmas special. So we're, we're being talked about, we're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. We all make decisions together. Yeah. So we're gonna we've only caught this idea out there. So we're gonna see what we can do. If we can't, we're just gonna take Christmas off. The lads are gonna go away and practice. We're gonna continue to promote, and then look at maybe it's mid February towards end of February. Um, we're gonna put together potentially an EP. We're not 100 percent certain. Maybe it's another single, potentially an EP, yeah. and we're gonna push that more nationally with a bit more radio plugging, a bit more. Um, like have a wider tour um, to go along with it. So we're really, we're all really of uh, the thought process that we are going to build on this. Sorry, I've got paint all over my hands. I know that people listening at home can't see it, but I've been, I've been down at work painting all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to basically make that snowball, which is rolling down the hill at quite a yeah, fast yeah. rate, bigger. And we're just yeah. going to push it out there and we're going to try and get some London gigs, Sheffield, Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, all, all the regular hotspots. And basically just try and let people know about Kieran, his talent, because he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, he's, he's really, really good. And he's just released Henny now, it's like you say, he's doing so, so well. But he's got loads more. And that's a brilliant thing about Kieran. Like you say, he's dead humble about it. So yeah. we can't wait to work, um, work with him moving forward and um, see where we can take things, you know. Sounds brilliant. Thank you, John. Kieran, what would your one piece of advice then be to someone, either a, a, young, a young kid who just thinks, wow, I, I love that song by, by Kieran Bo, I want to be the next Kieran Bo, or someone, you know, who's maybe your age now, who's got a bit of a talent and just ha- hasn't had maybe the confidence to put it out there yet? What would your what would your advice be? Um, don't see the world for what it is, really. Um, you know, you've only really got one shot at life you know what i mean if you want to go and sing and you want to pick up a guitar or just go for it you know what it is i mean you might be worried about i mean i certainly wasn't i was first thought and like oh who's not gonna who's gonna hate it you're always gonna have a hater yeah. and soon soon enough you'll learn to appreciate the haters um but you're always gonna have a lot of people and more people backing you um so i don't know if you if you're all trying to gig and you want to go out there go open mic nights go yeah. up buskers nights um just yeah, get yourself out. That's brilliant. Kieran, thank you so much for coming on Hobby of the Lifestyle and sharing your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure and I've loved learning about it and I can't wait to see how the, your career progresses over the next year or two. Well, thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>